Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We want to thank all of you for coming. And if you guys could all um, go ahead and find your seats, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, I just want to start out by thanking our panel of speakers uh, to our le my left here, um, they, who are coming to educate us and help us to explore the different services that are available through their areas of expertise in home and home health care. Um, I will be having Sue Ellison come to introduce us to our speakers, as well as to facilitate their time, as well as our question and answer time. Um, before I do that, though, I just wanted to thank our Life Transitions team, uh, Sue Ellison, Suzanne Whitney, Becky Hamm, Annette Saxter, and Nancy Diller uh, for the time, effort, and hard work they put into making these events available to you. <laughs> At the conclusion of our time, uh, the doors in the back will be open and we will be serving light refreshments that you will be able to enjoy inside or outside um, on the patio out back. And before we begin, I would like to ask Pastor Patrick to open us up with prayer and then Sue Ellison will come to facilitate the discussion of each of our speakers. Each speaker will have 20 minutes to speak, and at the conclusion, we will open up the floor for questions and answers for about a half an hour. Did I understand right? You said there were going to be refreshments after this? Yes. <laughs> make sure I heard right. Important information. Welcome to every one of you. Thank you for being here. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for the opportunity to meet together about a very important matter today, and we're grateful for folks who have come to help us with this. Thank you so much for our panelists. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless, that this not only will be informational and helpful, but we pray also that we may have a better idea and understanding of what it means to be a child of the one true and living God. We thank you, O Lord, and give you praise through Jesus Christ. Can you hear me? Okay, thank you all for coming today. We have a wonderful turnout, and we appreciate your being here. And um, I guarantee you that you will get lots of good information our three speakers and our first speaker at the end there is well no we should do ladies first so we'll go <laughs> we got Rhiannon McLennan and we have Carrie Neville Rhiannon McLennan is from Hope Hospice and Carrie Neville is with Griswold Home Care and Aaron Moss is with Trilogy Home Care so, which one of you would like to go first? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Rhea. I may not need it, to be real honest. That's okay. It's on? Can, is the, oh, there. Oh, I see how this works. Well, I'm going to use some notes because I'm not good without my notes. And I'm going to stand because I just like to hear myself talk. But we thought that we would start with me, because I work with Hope Hospice, and we thought we'd start with the people you least want to see. 
and end with like the good stuff where you really would like to be, right? Uh, my name is Rhiannon. I am with Hope Healthcare. Hope Healthcare is um, a, we actually have 10 to 12 community-based programs, but I'm going to talk mostly about our hospice program. If there's ever a need for some of our other programs, please uh, grab my card. You can always shoot me an email, and I'd love to tell you about some of the other things that we do. Um, Hope Healthcare has been in our community here in Southwest Florida for over 40 years. We um, were founded in the early 70s, volunteer only. Um, what's interesting about Hope Healthcare is that we started just shortly after the beginning of hospice as we know it. Hospice as we know it started in the mid-60s in London um, at a, a church called St. Christopher's. And uh, we were right on their heels in 1974 here in Southwest Florida, volunteer only um, for many, many years. It wasn't until the 80s that Medicare said, hey, we should maybe help people and pay for this. And uh, Hope said, fantastic, sign me up, and we applied for our Medicare license. So we have been an active Medicare hospice provider in Lee County since uh, the mid-80s. So we're very proud of that. Our CEO, her name is Samira. She has been with our organization for over 30 years. She's right here in Southwest Florida. She still is in the office almost every single day. She has almost over 1,000 employees, and she knows us by name. When she sees me, she says, hello, Rhiannon, and I still blown away that she knows who I am because I'm just a peon that walks through the office once a week. Um, hospice, the word hospice is actually a religious term, believe it or not, that re um, referred to a religious pilgrimage and the rest for the weary. So I think that's a really interesting thing uh, because we think of hospice as a medical term and as a medical service, but really it's more of an emotional service. We're here to provide rest for the weary, and that's where we came from in our, our beginnings. Hospice provides emotional and physical care and comfort in those end stages of life. Who here believes that hospice is just for that last few days, last few weeks? Anybody? Yeah? Six, uh, six months. We got someone who knows a little bit. So an interesting thing, it's a common misconception, is that my computer died, so I'm going to have to wing it. <laughs> Ta-da. Here we go. Um, an interesting thing about hospice is that we have this number in our head, the six months. It's just for those last six months. The truth is, is it, that's kind of hypothetical, you know? We, um, in a perfect world, we all know what's going to happen in our lives, but we definitely don't. And I personally believe that not a single one of us knows if we've got six minutes, six months, or 600 years. Um, the way hospice works is if a person has a life-limiting illness, such as cancer, or heart disease, or something of that nature, two physicians have to agree that if the disease follows its normal course, then maybe someone has about six months to live. So there's a lot of maybes in there. The interesting thing about hospice is it's a free, it's a, we use the term free loosely because nothing's free, right? We've all paid our taxes, we know. Um, but you've already paid for this benefit. It's a benefit that comes to you because you've already paid for it. And you cannot exhaust the benefit. So if a patient comes on hospice services and they, they get the referral, two physicians say, yeah, this might be the right thing. Um, we bring them on to service, and sometimes people get better, more often than you think. And then we take them off of service because they don't need us anymore. And then if they need us again three or four months down the year or down the line, maybe a year or two later, they call us back, we come back. Um, my background, I was a social services director for a skilled nursing facility many years ago. Um, I'm older than I look. Um, 
And I had a little lady in my building that I referred to hospice four times before she passed when she was almost 100 years old. And her daughter joked that her mom always made sure she got what she paid for. So hospice is a little, there's a little more flexibility than we think about hospice. Hospice is going to provide, it's going to cover, it's paid for by Medicare. And Medicare is going to pay for pretty much everything related to the diagnosis. So it's going to cover any sort of medication for the diagnosis, any sort of um, equipment, so maybe a special bed or things of that nature. It's going to cover all of that kind of stuff. In addition, it's going to provide amazing spiritual care, emotional care for not just the patient, but also their family. Um, I know I've only got 20 minutes, so I will keep it brief, but my, I am personally passionate about hospice care. Um, I've worked in this industry for 13 years. And I worked before then, too. See, I'm older than you think. Um, and I can, I've seen firsthand professionally the benefits of hospice care. But in 2017, I lost my grandfather. Uh, he was the first grandparent that I've lost. I've been very fortunate to have had a long time with all of my grandparents. And um, he had a stroke, and we brought him home on hospice care. And it was sudden, and we only had about five days with him before he passed. And we were able to be in our home with him, in his home, that they lived in for 30 years, he and my grandmother. And my dad was there and all of his brothers, he's got a few of them, and all of their wives and all of my cousins. And we sat there as a family for five days and we ordered in food and we shared bottles of wine and we went through, um, I, can I say that in a church? It's Presbyterian church. I can say that, right? Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, and we went through photo albums and it was truly an incredible memory where we sat and we really visited and had and shared these experiences these shared memories about my grandfather and he was there and um, a lot of research shows that hearing is the last thing to go when when someone is passing so i like to think that in his last few days and moments he heard us laughing and sometimes crying and talking about all of the wonderful things that he did and said that had an impact on our life and it turned what was a really horrible thing into something that was kind of weirdly beautiful and spiritual. And um, that's why I am so passionate about hospice care, because I know that what it did for my grandfather was incredible, but what it did for us as a family was just as incredible. It provided us that extra um, support that we needed to get through something like that. So I love hospice care. I'm passionate about it. It's going to provide excellent care for, for family members, for the patients, um, we have everything from nurses to home health aides to um, therapists, believe it or not, physical therapists, occupational therapy. That's a misconception. People often think that you can't continue with therapy. Sometimes you can. Um, it depends on the diagnosis. We have you know, bereavement counselors. We provide um, after-the-fact bereavement services for family members up to over a year. Um, we have pet therapy. One of my favorite things, do I have any pet owners? Do I have any pet parents in here? I have two dogs, and um, I had two dogs before. I'm, a, I'm a always going to have two dogs. My husband hates that, but he's still with me. So, um, We will do everything we can to keep pets with, their pa with our, our patients until the very last moment. Our caregivers will provide care for the pets. And then if a patient passes and that pet does not have a home, maybe no family member wants it or there's no one to take it, we will place that pet ourselves. We will not put that pet in a shelter. Um, one of, I, it's honestly one of the hardest parts of my job is when I get emails with these cute animal pictures. And they're like, so-and-so needs, you know, Fluffy needs a new home. He just lost his owner. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
My husband says I can't bring home another dog, so. If we just keep a two-year-old, we probably don't need another dog. Um, but Hope Hospice, Hope Healthcare is an incredible organization because we care about people at the end of the day. Uh, we're a non-for-profit, which I think sets us apart personally. Um, I have been, I've worked in this industry long enough to know the difference between for-profit and non-for-profit hospice organizations, and I do believe there's a difference in the core of what the priority is, if that makes sense. So Hope is a non-for-profit. Because of that, we rely heavily on donors um, for our funding, and because of that, we're able to provide care for everyone. So if med- hospice is almost always covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance and in 99% of cases, and that's a wonderful thing. But once in a while, we come across a referral, a patient that does not have any insurance, they don't have any income, and they have nothing. We will provide care even if they can't pay for it. We don't care. It's the right thing to do, and that's, that's what we do. So that's a little bit about Hope Healthcare. I'll pass it on. I don't want to take too much time. If you need more than, I just left one brochure. Who wants to read about dying, really, you know? Um, but if you want more, I left more brochures as well as some ink pens, things like that, in my card back there. And um, if you don't want it, just when I'm not looking, throw it in the trash, and I'll pretend I didn't see. So I look forward to your questions afterwards. Pastor John, you did it again. <laughs> How is everyone today? My name's Aaron, and uh, I snored a little bit too much last night, so I'm really glad the microphone's working good. Before I was a home health patient care coordinator, I was a sleep therapist. So if any of you need a nap, feel free. <laughs> feel free. So I did that for about 15 years, and... Uh, traveled around and um, my mom has lived down here since the since the late 80s my grandparents retired in Cape Coral in the 80s if anybody ever goes over the bridge and uh, and as I got older and she got older I knew I was going to be the person to take care of her and so um, once her health kind of got too hard for her to travel I moved my family here from Alaska, yeah, it's quite a journey. Yeah, from, oh yeah, and Palmer. Palmer's a beautiful place, so, um, you know, I really wanted to get my mom out to the West Coast, but she hated the cold, and she wanted to stay here. Um, And so you learn a lot of things as you go. I think that's how it is for everybody, and sometimes that's for the better or for the worse. but that's kind of what we're here to do today is to educate you guys and encourage you to educate yourselves. And you obviously have people who are trying to empower you in all sorts of ways, which is great. It's a blessing. Um, so I came down here as a sleep therapist and worked for Lee Memorial and also for Physicians Regional in Naples and uh, met some physicians there that had a home health agency, which is, which is the, we'll kind of explain and we'll come back to it. So. Uh, Griswold is a private duty. They um, can work with your long-term insurance, and they are private pay. If you need AIDS or assistant, assistance at home or nursing and that sort of thing, you, you will pay out of pocket for that. We, we call that private pay in the industry, and that's uh, home care. So what, I'm, what I do is home health. 
So um, home health is a little bit different, mostly for folks who are on Medicare. So once you turn 65 uh, and your Medicare kicks in, um, you're going you're gonna to be entitled to those benefits. And the services we deliver are, are quite vast. We have respiratory therapists and speech therapists and physical therapists and occupational therapists. We have nurses that can check your blood pressure. They can see how you're adjusting to your diet, you know, your, your different changes in medication, all that type of thing. So there's a lot we can do. Um, and I have some brochures here. And we work with cardiologists. We work with um, all sorts of different doctors. You know, like if you had a knee surgery and you've got a little bit of a wound and it's hard for you to get out uh, after your surgery, we can come and dress your wound at home. Um, you know, and, and as we get a little bit older, that's, you know, the feet become a big thing. So we get a lot of referrals from podiatrists. Um, you have to be homebound. Uh, doesn't mean you can't go out to eat. Doesn't mean that you can't go to church. Um, but uh, that has to be kind of difficult for you to leave the house. Obviously, too, if you get assistance leaving the house, that definitely means homebound. Sometimes people are homebound just for a certain amount of time. Maybe, maybe you have a stroke and you're going to recover from that. What we do is try to get you healthy enough and strong enough again to be able to go out to your appointments. But uh, COVID changed things a lot as well to make it to where um, during COVID we were able to see a lot more people at home. And you guys are really lucky because in this area there are a lot of home services, mobile therapy, is a really big thing, and that's a part of your Medicare Part B benefit. So um, if you can't get out to a physical therapy gym, there are a lot of mobile therapists that take insurance that can come to you. So I've been doing this for about six years now, and uh, we all kind of learn each other's services so that we can better help, you know, when we get into those situations. Um, I'm trying to think most importantly, you know, Patient choice is another thing that we talk about. So um, Trilogy, I think we're the third or fourth largest home health provider in Florida, or just in the state of Florida. We used to be a company called Nurse on Call. So if you guys have friends or relatives, they used to be a little bit bigger in the area. Um, but they're all supposed to offer the same level of care. Um, you know, but just like anything else, it helps if you do a little research before you get to that part. Um, but typically, all these companies are supposed to give you the same service. Um, and just because, you know, Medicare or insurance pays for it, you're still entitled to a very high quality, you know, level of care. And the thing about being down here is there are, it's very competitive, you know. So there are probably, you know, a hundred companies like Carrie's, and there are, there are um, about 88 like mine. So, you know, there's, there's quite a few, but it's good to know. When you, let's say you get into one of these situations and you have to go to the hospital or you have to go to a rehab, the social worker, like uh, our friend down here used to be, a discharge planner once upon a time. So the discharge planner typically has uh, a company or a few that are her go-to, that they communicate well that sort of thing. I always try to visit my patients at the rehab or the hospital before they go home um, and uh, get to know them and give them my card. But, but so that process, usually the discharge planner is going to pick out a company 
you know, and uh, then there's an order from the physician at the hospital or the rehab, typically for skilled nursing and physical therapy and occupational therapy. But there's a bunch of other services as well. Um, you know, so those are really the big things you want to educate yourself, I think, before you get to that position, you know, and, uh, and I'm sure you guys have a community, too, to where you help each other make some of those choices. But I'm really glad to be here today and, and kind of open up that, and, and we'll have some questions, I think, soon. indication of maybe some one or two top questions they should ask themselves or an agency before they choose an agency? Sure, sure. Um, so good questions to ask. Uh, you know, local local companies are always better, I think. You know, it's but we all, some of us work for national groups as well, but you always want to have um, someone local kind of overseeing it. I guess going off of what Sue said, one of the biggest, most important things for, for the benefit that I can deliver to people is they have to have a primary care physician. That's a big one. Um, we can get a referral from a specialist or a surgeon or a cardiologist or something like that. But in general, you need a primary care physician. And it amazes me how many folks I help that do not. Yeah, you know. And so they live up north half the year, and they think, I barely like my doctor up there. I really don't want another one. <laughs> but you can have more than one. You can. You can have one down here, and you can have one up there, and maybe one can be declared as your primary primary, but those visits are covered by your insurance. And, you know, even if it's just once or twice a year, it's really important to have a primary because um, that's, that's how you'll be able to get the benefit. But there are a lot of mobile physicians around, too, and we work with them as well. So you did get to that point or a friend of yours can't leave the house and their doctor is kind of trying to hold them hostage there are there are a lot of doctors that will come see you in your house and they don't charge a fee they can still bill your insurance yeah they will also so maybe that's most important Can you hear me? Okay, thank you for having all of us. Thank you for welcoming us so beautifully in your congregation. Ron Kick and I go way back, don't we? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Griswold uh, right from the beginning. Um, so Jean Griswold, back in 1982, she was a geriatric counselor, and she was married to a Presbyterian minister in Pennsylvania. And... Um, um, there was a member of their congregation who actually passed away because she had nobody that was looking in on her to care for her, and she had a very preventable um, illness that could have had um, that could have prevented her death. So Jean Gris Griswold and her girlfriends started a little volunteer group, and they would visit parishioners and people in the community who needed a little extra help, and that. That organization grew and grew and became uh, an actual company. So Jean Griswold, 40-plus years ago now, 1982, so that's 41 years ago, started Griswold Home Care, and um, it's grown into over 30 states, over 170 locations, and um, 
So she, she her legacy goes on and on, and um, um, you know, and it remains the basis of her foundation that she gives and gives, and she actually even now has a uh, Jean Griswold Foundation that uh, donates to the less fortunate, um, to the food banks, and now the last two years has started scholarships for caregivers going back to school or even caregivers who have no schooling and that need, um, that need um, their education paid for. So she's continuing to give and she lives on in our, in our background and I think it's pretty special that she, they were Presbyterians just like the rest of us. <laughs> and I'm a Presbyterian, so <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> um, and I know Erin touched a little bit about the difference between home care and home health. Um, like he said, home health is paid for by your Medicare um, part A, it's, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, nursing, psych nursing, wound care, med management, everything that you need a professional license for. So all of those services, um, and not limited to just what I mentioned, are paid for by your um, Medicare or your insurance. Um, and then home, home care is everything that is not provided by hospice, by, uh, by Medicare home health, it's the little things that you need to stay independent in your home. Um, so it'd be bathing, dressing, grooming, transportation, um, med reminders, light housekeeping, um, um, did I say dressing, companionship. Uh, we have a caregiver that just goes with a gentleman on his golf cart three days a week because he's, he's afraid he's gonna fall. So he has somebody with him. We have caregivers that have worked in uh, nursing homes and facilities and are very skilled and can do all the activities of daily living to keep somebody independent in their home. Say they had a stroke and they, they need help with toileting, dressing, bathing, bed bath, showers, uh, anywhere from two hours all the way up to 24-7. And even we have live-in caregivers that basically live in your home and um, act as kind of like, you know, an Alice on the Brady Bunch, you know, can do everything, you know, in, in the home for that person. So um, the options are, are limitless. Um, you're, not, you're not stuck with a specific schedule, and you're in control of your schedule and your caregivers, and um, we try to aim to obviously keep you, um, you know, informed of everything that's going on. Whether you have, they have family up north, we can provide basically be the earpiece and the mouthpiece for that client so that we can communicate with the children that live up north uh, or the spouse and we can be respite you know you may only need you may someone may need a week to go up north because there's a wedding and say grandpa's at home and he has alzheimer's and needs a live-in caregiver for that week or even a weekend we can provide that uh, you can have a long-term live-in we have live-ins that have been at clients for 10 12 years still um, so it's anywhere, like I said, short visit, long visit, and um, it's basically to keep people independent so they can stay in their home. However, we provide a lot of caregivers for um, clients who are in independent living and don't wish to move to the assisted living portion because, say, there's a couple and the one spouse is, needs more care than the other and they prefer to stay in independent living, so we can provide a caregiver for that for the, for the spouse who needs a little extra care so they don't both have to move to um, assisted living. 
Sometimes when clients move to memory care, they need a little extra hands-on because there may not be as many caregivers in memory care as you prefer. And as you know, a lot of times they wander, there's sun downing in the evening, so it's always uh, good we can provide a caregiver in the facility. Sometimes just even for the first week to get that person acclimated, where to go, how to go down to the dining room, et cetera. So we're not just limited to the home. We can go on vacation with the clients. We have, a, we have some clients that the caregivers that go with the clients up north and then come back down so they can travel with you. It's really you're, the, you're in control of your caregiver and um, we would match them up depending on what your needs are and what you like. And then, um, so obviously it's very, there's probably 350,000 people right now in the state of Florida that live in facilities and assisted living facilities, et cetera. So there's a lot of needs and there's obviously not that many people that work in the work in the communities that can provide one-on-one -on -one care. So we have, the, we have the option of, even if it's temporary, we have caregivers that will stay in the home till the end of life with hospice. Say their family is up north and they want somebody hands-on to be there until the end of life, and we can provide that as well. So you're not obligated for a long contract or for, you know, for anything longer than you, than you actually need. Um, so it's kind of nice in that respect. We, what we do is we come out, we come out to the home, we, we get all the information, and we have like a checklist of uh, must be a hundred things on here that that we can do as the caregiver and what you want us to do, so that we share with our caregiver what what they're allowed to do and what you want them to do. Um, so we'll customize it however you want it. Say you're going to um, have a knee replacement and you go to rehab, we can pick your we can pick you up from the rehab, bring you home all set up for a couple hours or for a couple days. We have a gal right now who just had hip surgery, um, younger than myself, and we provided day and night care for the like three, four days until she was able to get up on her own and walk around and um, be totally independent. So it can be short-term, long-term um, for whatever you need it for. And then as far as um, paying for private duty, like I said, that that is not covered under Medicare. All the things that hospice does and um, home health does, then the little things that they don't do to keep you independent is what we do. Um, so it's either private pay, we accept all long-term care insurance policies. So if you have one, generally, um, you probably took it out in your 50s or 60s when you were younger. It's very important to let your children know that you have it. I can't tell you how many times that we find out after the fact from the children that, oh, mom and dad never told us they had that policy and it's in a drawer and it sits there and never gets used or doesn't get used till it's too late. So take advantage of it. And I was telling one gal that once you initiate a claim for home health on your long-term care insurance policy, you stop paying the premiums. So that's a huge benefit. Um, there might be a waiting period, but we can look into that. We have a dedicated team that, um, that all, all they do is our long-term care insurance policies. And it's free of charge to, to have it looked at, and you know, there's no charge for us to come out to do an intake as well, and we can figure that out for you because it's a maze, that insurance. And it's probably changed since you bought the policy 20, 30 years ago. And if you paid into it for that long, you want to get your money's worth out of it. So that's a big thing, and letting somebody else know that you have it is very important. Um, and I told you about Jean Griswold having the scholarship. I can't think of 
can't think of any, anything else that I haven't discussed. Can you think of anything? Do you want to start with questions? Oh, sure. So, yes. Um, I say, uh, well, our rates, I put it in all the little bags, so it's anywhere from 24 to $30 an hour um, for hourly. If you're going, to, and it's, it's gone up, of course, a lot recently because the caregivers make more money than they used to. I think since COVID, they really made a lot more. <laughs> more. But, um, and then, um, um, so of that, for example, if it's $24 an hour and say the caregiver gets 18, that means the office portion is six. So the office portion never changes. It all depends on the caregiver. Um, um, and like I said, the rates are in there. Our live-in rates are very affordable compared to other registries or agencies. So um, we, we're never, we never hide the prices. You don't have to go through you know, a big know to do about how much it is it is what it is and we're happy to share it and we'll share it with all other um, agencies and I would say that what I recommend our clients to do is generally when they leave a facility or when somebody talks to them they'll say oh they gave us three you know companies to call by all means call all three sign up with all three as long as you don't have to give a deposit with anybody of course we don't but um, as long as you know, you get all the information from them, see who they have available, see how many they have available in the area you live in. Um, ask for references, talk to people that have used, that have used us or used them, and see, who, see who's available. And you can sign up with as many, as opposed to a home health, as many home care agencies as you want. If you wanna sign up with three because you like two of the caregivers, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't make any difference to us. We play play nice in the sandbox with all the home care. <laughs> and uh, the people call us for backup because they can't staff it. So I'm happy to do a, you know, a backup. If you already have a home care company, I can provide it for the hours that you can't. Once you're signed up, you can call and say, hey, my caregiver didn't show up. We have somebody for tomorrow morning. And then our schedulers get on board and get somebody scheduled. So um, it's, 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 we're perfectly happy to, to, um, work with whoever that you're working with currently. Okay. So just something to add to her, and I, I obviously I work in hospice, but um, there is a difference between a, are you, you guys are, are an agency, correct? A registry. Okay, so there's a difference between the two, and it definitely affects caregivers, I think. So I, I think that might be something good to, like, know, because it helps pricing-wise, I oh, think. Yeah. Well, yes, it helps pricing to, to, um, to sign up with a registry, um, only because there, we don't have all the, um, the fees associated with employment. So basically, every single caregiver, whether they work in the hospital, the nursing home, home care, home health, hospice, they all have to go through ACA, which is our governing board. They all have to have level two FBI fingerprinting, um, references, CEUs for all the necessary items to be a CNA or an HHA or be it a nurse or a therapist. They all have to go through the same vetting and the same um, 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 backgrounds, everything. So like when 
when, when a caregiver signs on, we pull up their background check, and we can see everyone that they work for, Bright Star, Comfort Keepers. We can see how long they work there for. If we see a caregiver that's worked in five different agencies or five different places and worked for a month and then they got taken off, well, we don't want to hire that caregiver because chances are there's a reason that, that they're on and off at many places, that they probably didn't show up or they didn't, um, um, you know, didn't fulfill their obligations. So once maybe we'll give somebody an excuse, but after that we basically would take them out. And then we report, we report that to ACA and, say, and report them out of our system. So um, it, it definitely helps pricing-wise. Um, there's pros and cons to both, but it's kind of technical, not even technical, it's just kind of preference and um, like I said, we're only as good as the caregivers that we send. So um, yeah, they're helping vet them, which is the yes, great, making sure they're right. the right ones. And exactly. The, the and good if you're ones. not happy with the caregiver, you can just call the office, and then our HR people will switch them out. It's nothing you have to do. <laughs> nothing you have to do yourself. So um, we want everyone to be happy, of course. Yes. So for Medicaid, for private duty, uh, there are a couple agencies around here that provide home care for through Medicaid or Sunshine, uh, et cetera. Um, it, it basically, you have to go through them. You have to start off with Medicaid, and it's a it's based on income and your and your assets and what you've done with your assets, and if you put them in a like a health care trust or whatever, you know wherever you put them, you still I believe. You still can have your home, your car, your basic, your basic. But I would say, if you're thinking of getting on Medicaid, I'll talk to a professional uh, Medicaid filer and also like an attorney that specializes in that that can guide you the right way, so that you're not you're not disposing your assets and you don't need to. So uh, Medicaid pays, but I, because we're not a Medicaid agency, I don't know all the the nuances of of the. I don't know all the specifics for Medicaid, but I can. I can get you in touch with a Medicaid uh, professional if you want that. Just call me and ask me. Yes, I'm, thank you for asking. Um, so Five Wishes is a document that Hope can provide, Hope Healthcare. It is a, and I feel like we've met before. Have we, have you, no? I, okay, I wonder, you look like someone I've met before. But, so I thought when you asked that, I thought maybe she's heard me talk, give this spiel. So um, we have a document that Hope Healthcare provides our patients if they want it, and it's for anybody. Anyone can have one. Um, it's called the Five Wishes document. It's a very small little document. It's a paper that you can fill out, and it asks a series of questions through the document. And if you answer the questions completely in blue or black ink, 
and you sign it, it does not need to be notarized. It acts as a binding living will, uh, which I cannot encourage enough. I think everyone should have a living will. I don't care if you're 20 or 200. We should have something that says what we want if we aren't able to say for ourselves. Um, that saves a lot of heartache and headache for family members when things unexpectedly happen to loved ones. Um, so we, I, I didn't bring any with me. I don't believe I have any left, but I can bring some if, if it would be okay. I can have someone drop a, a stack off here for anyone that wants them. But I, I definitely can recommend that. It's, it's a very easy document to complete, um, and uh, it's, it asks questions in a very applicable way, a way that we understand, a way that we think. Um, so, yeah, it's a great document. Thank you for asking. Yeah, every, it covers every little thing. Mm-hmm. Because some people don't. Some people are, are very, um, it, it's just interesting. Everyone has different things that they would want done and not done for them in that case. Yes, sir. It's, it's five pages, but it's not, um, it's not, it's, it, the, it's like a question that it leaves like a good paragraph for you to write, you know, Yes, yes. That, this is not in replacement of anything you would do with your attorney by any means. Yes, that's, those are different documents. This is just saying that if you were in a position where you weren't able to speak to yourself, for yourself, it tells your family, you know, would, would dad want, you know, life support? Would dad want, not, him not want that or whatever the case is. I no that was that was my fault. I was just asking. There's a um, a it, it's just industry talk, but it's basically we're just saying that they they check out all your caregivers for you ahead of time. They're doing all that hard work for you to make sure that who comes in your home is exactly who they're supposed to. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Does this work? Okay. Uh, okay. Do you get involved at all with filing claims or helping claims with a long-term care insurance company? Yes, sir, we do. Yep. We have an entire team that's dedicated to uh, long-term care insurance. We send everything in to whoever it is, Genworth or whoever. The, there's like six big ones now that really have um, swooped up all the other ones. And we would send all the information in. Um, you just have to sign that oh, you're allowed to, to access your <laughs> policy, and then we'll send back what it's called a, um, it'll be a one-page sheet that says how much you have, how much you have per day, per week, any exemptions, limitations, when it begins, um, et cetera. So we can yeah, do all that, that for you that's so that, wonderful. So that that's, you know that's what, right. you, what to expect and when yeah. to expect it. Yeah, so we're not on our own. With the you're not on your own, yeah. no. And, and some, some people prefer to be on their own. They, yeah. they can be on their own and submit the claims themselves, or we can do it for you. So there's yeah, a whole... If, if I'm lying in bed, <laughs> half sick, I'm probably not going to file my own claim. Right. But, but anyway, but, but, but you'll, we'll help each other. 
Yeah, and, I, and it, the five wishes thing, it seems like there can be some conflict with, you know, I've got health care directive, and some of the things you're talking about, five wishes, are exactly what's in the health care right. directive. And that's, so that it's a good document. If you already have everything worked out with your attorney, then I would say stick with that. But if you don't have something, this is just a document that yeah. you could do right now today if you wanted to, if you didn't already have something. Yeah. Or, or, but it doesn't, it in no way replaces anything yeah. that you've done with your yeah. current family. Or if I only have four wishes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm private pay, so I have a registry or agency, and it would be easier for mom if we had a hospital bed. Who, who do you, would you arrange that for us, or? Well, a hospital bed can be ordered by your physician through, um, through home health. They can take care of that for you, or, or they can also work, your physician can order it to be covered under your Medicare. Um, if you want a private, if you want it privately or you don't qualify for it, then I would send you, there's a few, depending where you live, there's a few places that you can either rent them, so you know you don't have to pay out of pocket right away, but I, we would send you, I would basically send you to the right person to go get it, um, to go get, depending upon where you live. There's a few companies here that, that provide it. There's one down by the NCH Hospital, there's one in, um, I think it's called Marquesa Square, and then there's couple in Fort Myers, depending upon what you need, um, and they deliver, et cetera, if you're going to be paying privately for it, or if it's been ordered for your physician. If you're in hospice, then I was going to say, something to think about is if, if you're caring for someone, your mother or whoever, and they might be declining to the point where they need more equipment like that, they're needing more ho a hospital bed, they're needing shower chairs, they're needing, it might be something to ask your primary care physician if a hospice referral might be the right thing, because if it is, then we'll pay for that. And we'll bring it in, we'll set it up, we'll take it away when you don't need it anymore, we'll, we will do it all, no problem, but you have to be on our service. So if you find that, hey, you know, mom's needing this more and more and more, this is something, it might be worth asking your doctor about. Anybody else have questions? Okay. Who wants to sign up your company, Gary, how much does it cost for them to sign up? Do they have to pay for their own vetting fees? No, no, we don't, we don't charge a sign-up fee. Some companies do. We don't charge a deposit. You just call us. We'll set up an intake, and myself or my manager or one of our experienced case managers that knows how to do it will come out and do it. My background is I was a nursing home administrator, so generally... Um, they like me to go out and do the intakes, but um, but certainly there's other people in our office that we could you know arrange it for your availability, and there's no fees for that, of course. So. There was um, just a couple of thoughts I had while we were talking. Um, so as you know, there's Medicare has straight Medicare. And more and more and more, these Advantage plans are a thing. Um, you know, and I, didn't want, I don't want to demonize anybody, okay? Um, but from my experience and, and my, the things I've learned, when you get to the point that you're going to need extended rehab, inpatient rehab, or you get to the point that you're going to really be using home health services, 
straight Medicare is the best payer to the companies that are providing these services. Um, with that being said, you will have less days and less benefits depending on the advantage plan that you have. So in order to sort of save over here, they cut and paste from other benefits. And that's something people don't know, you know, because the, the people marketing to you to sign up with these advantage plans are going to be motivated by getting you signed up, you know, so they're going to be portraying these advantage plans in the best light possible. But, uh, but it's just like when the phone companies opened up, you know, and you had Bell South and whatever, whatever. Now all of a sudden you have MCI and AT&T and whatever, but really it's all the same framework underneath. Medicare is still the thing that pays them. Um, one of the things that's nice though is let's say you have a fall or a significant health thing that occurs, that entitles you to um, get back to straight Medicare, uh, you know. Um, and there's a lot of those things that qualify for that. And then once a year, you have open enrollment, so you can switch back to straight Medicare if you get to that place. Um, another thing about our area is uh, there are a lot of companies like Carries, and there are a lot of nursing homes. So the home health aides and the certified nursing aides, they get paid so much in, by the nursing home or by the private duties that um, most of the companies like mine do not provide any aids, even if a doctor were to write you a prescription for that. Um, you know, there may be only one or two insurances that, that will even pay for aids now. So the long-term thing, if that's still an option, is a really good investment. Um, because in our area, you know, like if we were in Kansas or somewhere else uh, where the age demographic was more diversified, there would be a lot of those aides willing to take the pay that the home health company would pay them in order to give you those services. But here, they won't. They can make more at the nursing home or with Carrie's company. So um, a lot of people will ask me that. They go, well, don't you guys provide aides and don't you do this? And, and no, we kind of in this area, in Lee and Collier County, it's mostly just very skilled services that we can provide. Yeah. Um, you must have had ESP because you probably answered about 50% of my question. <laughs> but to carry it one step further, uh, let's say a snowbird obviously has a Medicare Advantage plan from the state that they currently reside in or are residents of. You find a, a more of a problem with payment from them than, let's say, a Florida blue should something occur down here? No. So there's a lot of good out-of-state Advantage plans and Humana, United, um, those are really good. Um, Florida, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Florida Blue, they have their own thing called CareCentrics. Uh, and so they make assignments. So a lot of the patients that maybe get referred to me by a physician or whatever, when I find out that they have Florida Blue as their primary, um, we have to send off all the paperwork to their kind of central hub and then they make an assignment with a company in the area that has a contract that uh, they're contracting. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes I think if you have the ability to have straight Medicare as your primary and then have your secondary be one of those Advantage plans if you're, if you're able to do that. Yeah. 
I do, I do have a question, actually. Um, Aaron, um, you were talking a little bit about term limits, I think, uh, for certain people. So those term limits, so if that individual still was needing care, what would they do if their coverage ran out? Okay, so um, so that gets that gets you into kind of a tricky spot because uh, you only have so many days for your rehab. Um, but then, if there is another event that occurs, you get you get more days again, and home health kind of works the same way. So you might have um, had a fall, you know, and got a little banged up, and we're going to work on your balance. We're going to work on your kind of core strengthening and and uh, you know, if you fall again, that that requalifies you for a whole nother episode of care. So, so yeah, <laughs> you know. So there's, you know, w there are lots of ways to work it. There are lots. There are lot. There are there are lots of ways to work it. Um, you know, but but the biggest thing is is to just continue educating yourselves. You know. Um, and to keep moving. I mean, this is going to sound so simple, but to just keep moving, keep walking every day, you know, it only takes three or five days in a hospital bed to decondition. And, I think it's 3% uh, of your muscle mass a day yeah. that we lose when we're, when we're bed bound. Yeah. So, that was the most recent statistic. It's been a while. So the best thing we can do is move. Yeah. I think it's, this might help you too. It's important to note, we, we all work very closely together, home, hospice, home health, home care. You know, if sometimes, let's say someone's receiving rehab and you get to the point where you get, you get a little bit better, maybe not back where you were, but you're, you get to a place where you kind of plateau. So, you know, Medicare won't pay for home health anymore. But that might be a good time that home health might say, hey, you know what, home care might be what need, you need to just stay independent in your home. And then they'll care for you for a while. And if they see a decline, then that's when they might call us. And that's why they bring all three of us in to show how we kind of work together to keep people as, as, as healthy and happy in their homes as long as possible. Um, so maybe that's a good, does that kind of yeah. answer it? Yeah. Um, and also, I just, um, from what I'm hearing here as well, is that sometimes when people are in home health care, um, those people that are helping them are only there for a limited amount of time within the oh, home. Oh, that's right. So, and the same with hospice. Yes. Yeah, so typically these visits are about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so for a lot of my patients, I might try to have the nurse come one day and the PT another day and the OT another day so that we're getting eyes on someone, you know, and that helps. And then, you know, I really like Carrie because, like she said, she goes into the home herself, most of the assessments she does. I like Griswold, too, because they don't make you pay a deposit. Mm -hmm. There are some of these companies out here just like hers, but they're going to make you put a few thousand dollars, and then, you know, that's going to be harder to get back. Um, and Griswold is pretty fair, but just in the last six years, I've watched, you know, the average, uh, you know, fee per hour go from about $22 to about 35 or 36 And Collier County, that's average is probably about $35 an hour. Which is just quite a bit. Yeah, it's quite a bit. Yeah, Griswold. Griswold always has always been very fair. Average. Yeah, very, very fair, for sure. So, if you have home health care, then I'm also assuming since it is a limited amount of time, yeah. that there are times that maybe home care comes in at the yeah, same time. Yeah, come in and help. Okay. Yeah. And the for same sure. goes for hospice. I think a misconception is people assume that hospice is 24-hour care, and it can be towards the end. But we have patients who are on hospice for six months, nine months, a year, 
and we're just coming in a couple of times a week, similar to home health. And if we have a patient who's on hospice, that they really, they want to stay in their home, but they need extra help to do that. We can't do that. Medicare won't pay us to. Then we recommend that they call somebody like Carrie to supplement that so that they can still stay in their home and get the care that they need. Um, and we can come in and do some of the medical stuff. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, yes. on, on the sheet here, light housekeeping, would that include the annual house cleaning? Uh, no, no annual, no getting up on a, a ladder and cleaning so your ceiling the, what fan. What are the limits? Yeah, the so limits? light housekeeping is basically dusting, vacuuming. Uh, you can clean out the refrigerator, do the laundry. Um, Gosh, it all depends. Do the dishes, put them away, the basic, um, you know, clean the bathroom after it's been used. Um, I wouldn't expect anyone to scrape anything or scrub anything, but, you know, it all depends. Some, some caregivers don't mind. Um, other people have cleaning people and say, no, you don't have to do anything except put away, your dish, put away the dishes or wipe down the shower door. But it can be anything. Light housekeeping is, you know, is basically light housekeeping. It wouldn't be know, washing all your windows or climb, you don't want anyone to climb up on a ladder or get on their hands and knees and scrub the floor. But certainly they can Swiffer around, they can vacuum, they can dust, they can pick up, they can, um, uh, everything you do like on a daily basis to keep your house neat and clean. Um, now, the one, they state they have a need. So if uh, they have a need for someone who is medically trained, That would be one person, and and if they're they're not qualified for that, then you would have another person for for the lighthouse keeping. Well, a, a a CNA, which is a certified nursing assistant, or a home health aide, they can also do personal care. So they can do bathing, dressing, um, all you know, med reminders if they've had, if they've had the training. They can do everything from soup to nuts. Um, if they need a nurse, if they need med management, if they need a nurse, wound care, we're not allowed to, you know, touch wounds or change bandages or anything. That's when, that's when home and, health, when and that's trilogy when, comes in. And so, you know, it's interesting, too, because you'd think, you know, physicians in our area would really be great at utilizing any of our services. But we, you know, we spend just as much time doing, you know, education. Because, we have these same talks with those doctors. Yes. Telling and, them and what we can help And you got to train them, you know. There's so many things they know, but there's so many things they don't. So, you know, and these services are there. And so I'll, I'll leave some brochures up here if you guys didn't get one in your chair. But there's a whole host of services. So if your doctor writes the prescription, it's, it's covered. And, you know, what I always tell our clients, too, is that you've been paying into your Medicare your whole life. Take advantage of it. Use your hospice benefits. Use your home health benefits. Call, get signed up. That's what you've paid into. Use what you have available with your Medicare first and foremost, and then use us as a supplement. Because so many people don't take advantage of their Medicare benefits, and somebody could be declining, and they need. And, and I'll see a spouse, and I'll say, "Well, I used to get PT a long time ago, but I haven't done it now. I just sit in my chair." Well, have Aaron come and. Let's get you. Let's get you on PT too, because your Medicare is going to pay for that. And it's amazing how people don't know and they just let it go. So um, same with hospice. I said you don't have to be death and dying to use your hospice. So many people at the end of life. Oh no no no! I can't talk about hospice. We can't be in it. I said 
it's a positive thing. Get, you know, find out, get the information, but use your hospice benefits. There's palliative care, there's all sorts of benefits that, that are available to you because you've paid into it your whole life. And I think one of the biggest takeaways, I, I, I hope that you guys take away, and I think that we could all agree, is that you're not, in, like, aging is, it is a challenging thing. I mean, every stage of life is just another challenging stage. I have a two-year-old, it's a challenging stage. You know, we all are in different challenging stages, but you're not alone in this, in this stage. So whatever service you're on, we work closely together. So if we see, hey, you know what, I think this patient really might need a little home health for a little therapy for this, or maybe a home care. We're here to help with that too. So, you know, if you're on Carrie's services and she, her team sees some, a change in a patient, they're going to they're gonna tell that patient and their family, this might be a good, X, Y, Z might be the right thing for you. And the same would go for a hospice patient and I think for, for a home health as well. So I would say the most important thing is reach out to use those services because we're going to help link you to the other ones that you might need down the road. Sure, sure. So hospice care and palliative care are not the same. They are very similar, <laughs> but not the same. So palliative, the difference is solely the goal, the, the end goal. So palliative care is designed for people who have a, a, a severe illness, but might still be getting better. For example, if someone has cancer and they are receiving chemo and the, the chemo is helping, but they're very uncomfortable, they have a lot of pain, symptoms like that, in palliative care, we can bring them on under palliative care programming and help manage those symptoms to help keep them comfortable, but they're still receiving those chemo treatments and things like that. So the visits are less frequent. Um, it's, we kind of call it hospice light, if you will. Um, and hopefully someone gets better and they don't, they don't need us anymore. That's the plan. That's the goal. Hospice is for when maybe that same patient has been on, or on chemo for a long time, and chemo is it's very painful. It leaves people in a very uncomfortable state for a long time. Um, then maybe they're not responding to chemo. They're not getting better anymore. And the doctor says, it's not going to make you better. So now we're just going through these painful treatments, and there's no real benefit to it. Then hospice is what comes in to, we'll help manage those symptoms, um, but we won't, we won't pursue chemo. So once a patient has decided, I don't want to do chemo anymore. It's too much of a pain. I don't like it then hospice is the right time to move from palliative care to hospice. So um, that's the differentiation. Um, like I said, lots of patients come on our services and, and graduate off of them. That's the, that's the term, we graduate off of service. Um, so it, it kind of depends on the patient needs. But it's all about that goal. If, you, if, you think that, if doctors think that you're going to, to recover, then it's palliative care. If doctors think this is not something we're going to recover from, then it's hospice. This is for Carrie. Um, can a home care worker administer prescription drugs that are put in a um, weekly plan or AM, PM, or do you have to have a health care worker? Okay, they can assist with self-administered medications. So if you're, if they're not allowed to touch it and put it in your sort it in your pill container, but they can assist you to take it. They can remind you to take it. The caregivers have 
uh, training in self-administered medication. They take CEUs, which are continuing education units, every two years to update them on everything they have to do. So as long as they have that continuing education uh, um, background and they have the CEUs that we verify, then they're allowed to remind you, to assist you, but they can't, they can't like give injections, they can't, um, um, you know, if somebody isn't able to at least take it, they're, they're not able to like put it in your mouth. Does that make sense? They can assist you, they can help you with it, but they're not allowed to, you have to have an RN or an LPN to do that. And that would be through, um, yeah, like medication management through home health. And so then we would contact home health to get that set up for you. You need med management. We can we can assist with we can assist, the CNAs and HHAs that have the certification can assist with it. But if we go further than that, it has to be an RN or an LPN. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Sue. All right, yes, again, we just want to thank all of you for coming. We appreciate your time. And um, just as Sue just said, uh, they will stick around for a little while to answer any questions. And we do have refreshments in the back. And, um, and I'm going to close this in prayer. Dear Father, Lord, I just want to thank you um, for this beautiful day. And I thank you for all these beautiful people uh, that you have created in your image. And Lord, I thank you uh, for our wonderful speakers, Lord, um, who have given us a lot of um, information. And Father, I just pray, Lord, uh, that you would help us to be able to be more equipped um, to move forward um, in our lives and in, um, in assessing these types of things. And I just pray, Lord, that you would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, that when we do need services like these, that you would help us to trust you with the details of our lives. And I just pray, Lord, that you would also help us to receive the very best care and information that we need. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in us. And I just lift this up in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ.